I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going quite well. Quite well. So different from every other week. Today we are chatting about Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay, this is the only thing I've read. Okay. Um, What did we watch? We watched All of Moon Knight. We did. In preparation to finish Ms. Marvel. Yes. Well, it's not all out yet, but yes. And... Uh, the beginning of our binges. Um, today we just watched French Taskmaster because we were napping. <laughs> so we yeah. just wanted to put something on that we could veg out to. And um, lots of mystery science theater. Some mystery science theater. Um, yeah, that's basically. I feel like we must have watched other stuff, but I can't think. But Moon Knight was definitely our main binge. Yes. I would like to see Elvis this week. And I looked and there's like really nothing else out that I want to see. Well, we'll have to work that in, Ellen, to yeah. our busy, busy schedule. Our busy, busy schedule. I have been applying to jobs and figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> at least for the next academic school year, which has been so much fun. I love it so much. Um, I, did you read anything? No, you Did said, not. okay. I listened in its entirety to Replay by Amy Dawes, which is the next book after Blindsided, which we talked about last week. And then I'm about 60% of the way through Sweeper. I kind of paused when I started. Had to read this. Reading this book. Um, I, controversial, and I don't know if it's just, you know, I was reading Blindsided for... The podcast, and then I was reading these two for fun. But um, I think I kind of enjoy Replay and Sweeper a little bit more. They're both, like, far, I mean, so far, at least. Both of them do um, nothing to piss me off. <laughs> but we did get pissed off at, what's his name, in the last Exactly. Book. Um, so that's why, what I mean. At Mac. Um, but Santino, you know, like we predicted, is actually secretly a sweetheart. Um, I also, there's a lot of Italian in that one, and I enjoyed that. Um, it could just be, you know, it's a easier reading experience and therefore slightly more enjoyable to me. But, and they are really good audiobooks also on top of that um but uh yeah so i i i enjoy both of those well we have a break week next week right 
We do. So maybe I can listen to some of those while I'm Yeah, and breaking. I think I'm going to try to get in um, the 10 trends oh, yeah. to seduce the Penny Reed. Your best friend. Is that it? Did Something I get like it that. right? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to try to get that in this week. Um, okay. Today, we are chatting about Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. This was released in June 2021, so just this last summer, um, like exactly a year ago, and was chosen as Reese as a Reese's Book Club pick of Reese Witherspoon fame. Oh. Um, I thought it was going to be like the peanut butter chips. Yeah. The peanut, <laughs> the peanut butter cups. <laughs> they have their own book club. As um, well they should. <laughs> and this book is being adapted for TV. The rights have mm. been picked up um, by Will Packer, who is a pretty influential um, black producer. Um, is and it like Netflix or? I don't know. I mean, it hasn't gotten distribution as from what I was able to read. Um, her 2016 release, The Perfect Find, which um, a lot of listeners say is also quite good, um, is being adapted for a Netflix film starring uh, Gabrielle Union. So, that does have distribution and a star. So, got you, it. You have that. But here is the back cover description for Seven Days in June. Brooklyn Night. Eva Mercy is a single mom and best-selling erotica writer who is feeling pressed from all sides. Shane Hall is a reclusive, enigmatic, award-winning literacy auth- uh, literary author who, to everyone's surprise, shows up in New York. When Shane and Eva meet unexpectedly at a literary event, sparks fly, raising not only their past-buried traumas, but the eyebrows of New York's black literati. What no one knows is that 20 years earlier, teenage Eva and Shane spent one crazy, torrid week madly in love. They may be pretending that everything is fine now, but they can't deny their chemistry or the fact that they've been secretly writing to each other in their books ever since. Over the next seven days in the middle of a steamy Brooklyn summer, Eva and Shane reconnect, but Eva's not sure how she can trust the man who broke her heart, and she needs to get him out of New York so that her life can return to normal. But before Shane disappears again, there are a few questions she needs answered. With its keen observations of black life and the condition of modern motherhood, as well as the consequences of motherlessness, Seven Days in June is by turns humorous, warm, and deeply sensual. Mom. First of all, it was 15 years ago, not 20 Yeah, that's ago. what I was, I noticed that as well. Also, were you saying her name Eva? Because I had a student named Eva that was spelled that way. And I and then I had another student whose name was Ava, and hers was A-V-A. So I was not sure. I was Eva on this. Okay. Especially since it's short for, and I'm not going to say it right. Genevieve. Genevieve. <laughs> so. It, Way to anglicize it, Mom. Well, of course I'm going to. Um, what did you think of Seven Days in June? Okay. I'm going to give this book a love because I loved this book. With some caveats to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I'm a light love to a very strong really like. Um, it's it's hard to, like, f- for me to, like, full-blown love this book just because there's, like, a lot that's very rough about it. But it is a gorgeous book. Well, that's the thing is, and I know we're going to talk about this, I don't think it's a romance I think it's yeah. more of a women's fiction, but, or yeah. romance. It's, 
a romantic book. Yes. But it's not a romance is what I, I would say. I would say that as well. Um, but um, it's beautiful. Um, it I hesitate to say this because it's going to seem like I'm just comparing two black authors that we've covered on the show, but it reads a lot like a Kennedy Ryan, um, but not because they're both black and talking about black issues, but just because their writing is... I don't know. It feels well very and similar to me, and also it just like packs emotional punch after punch after punch. Kennedy Rand tends to bring up uh, tragic histories, or yeah, and and this book is full of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So I hope that's not you know misconstrued the wrong way that I meant it, but it just reads a lot like that to me. Um. But um. Yes, and. Um, if I had picked it up on my own and just read it out of sheer curiosity, it might, it probably would have been a love, but I think, you know, we talked about this, but the, the process of having to read a book sometimes yes, takes that down a notch, but, um, light love, very strong, really like, so that's where I'm at. Um, okay. So what did you think of Eva as our heroine? <laughs> Bless Eva's sweetheart. Yeah. Reading her, it, it gave me, it literally gave me a headache yeah. to read about her and her headaches. <laughs> yeah. Because it would make, just make my head pound in solidarity for and her. And I read in the notes that, you know, Tia Williams included that because it's, she also suffers from like chronic migraines. And someone, as someone who suffers with TMJ, I don't have them that often, but I do feel like I get my fair share of migraines. And oof, to have them that often and um, oof, and that painful. And to have them just come on, you know, at any time. And, and uh, that, it just, I, it, I felt for her and it gave well, me a headache to feel for her. <laughs> yeah. My thing is that I am an oversharer. Um, Are you? Because we've never noticed that before on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you guys might have noticed that from how I tend to share on the podcast. Um, so... You know, like, it's a big moment for her when she, like, talks about it in public. And I would just constantly be, <laughs> like, you guys have no idea. I'm, like, dealing with the worst freaking headache right now. I mean, I would I would just be very open with that, about that. And um, people would just have to, like, deal with me and my... And they'd probably roll their eyes and go, Ellen, shut up about your freaking headaches. Yeah, I know they would, but I don't really <laughs> care. Um, my ex very quickly had to adapt to the fact that I just, anytime I was on my period, I was just like, I'm on my period. I'm like, well, doing this. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Girl stuff. <laughs> Get used to it. Cause if I'm dealing with it, you're going to have to hear about it. Sorry. Um, so that's just my philosophy, but, um, you know, and she was coming around. Yeah. Um, but yes, I also just really felt for her. Um, I mean, on many levels. So you've got that, and then you've got her shitty upbringing. Oh, jeez. Her um, mom was just... <laughs> we're going to talk a I little bit... I just wanted to shake her mother and say, oh my gosh, why would you procreate? We're going to talk about mothers and things like that in a later question. But, um, yeah, and, um, yeah, I, I, I really liked her. I liked her voice. Here's what I'll also say about the book that I don't really have a question about, so I'll just say it now. Um, and I told mom this, but I was really impressed 
with how deftly she navigates kind of these really heavy topics, but still keeping it a very easy to read and An like enjoyable fairly read. light book yeah. considering what's in it. Um, it still has a lot of like joyful moments and um, it's still, I mean. And if you haven't read it yet, there's, there, I'm sure there's trigger warnings oof, yeah. all over this thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there definitely is. But that being said, nothing is so explicit on the page that it was really, I mean, I don't, I'm not one that, you know, I had somebody DM me, DM me and ask me about the trigger warnings for this book and. I was like, my thing is I'm not too squeamish when it comes to trigger warnings. Um, and I don't have a lot of things that are going to really upset me. Maybe I'm very blessed and um, naive. But, um, but I just, I thought that she really does a good job of keeping it an enjoyable read for, yeah. for the stuff that's going on in the book. And, um, and I think a lot of that too is because you guys know me, I like my dialogue. It's a very dialogue heavy book. There's, I mean, there's definitely like moments where, um, there's a lot of narration and, um, and, and but the pacing is good. Yeah. The pacing is really good in this book. And, um, and especially I, how long is this one? It's only like 320 yeah. pages maybe. Um, so I thought that that was really well done, you know. Because it had the potential to really be yeah. a long. And and if it had been a long, daunting book, it, it you would have gotten tired of being in that mindset for that long, I think. And also, she, I mean, in, in related to the pacing, I was worried that we were going to spend a lot of time in the past. And we do. We, we get, like, the full story of what's happening in the past, but there's not... There, it's not so much... I was worried that it was going to be, like, half and half, um, but it's not. It's not. And um, and it's just enough to get that background information, really. Yeah, it's, and, it's well done. And to understand their connection in the past without, like, dwelling too much on it and focusing more... Which is... Because that was the hardest part for me to read, honestly. Yeah. And focusing more on the present. Um, but, yeah... Eva, I I really liked her. I um I really liked her overall arc and journey. And um, you know, you you leave the book with a really good understanding of her flaws, but also her strengths as a woman, as a black woman, as a mother, as a writer, as um now a partner in this relationship. And, um, this is another one of those books where, you know, I was just praying these both, both these people need therapy. And I think she said something about being in therapy, Yeah. but him, he kept saying therapy doesn't work for me. I can't do therapy. And I was like, dude, you need therapy more than anyone I've he ever does, met. Though. He does. Yeah. Cause I mean, spoiler alert, he gets there in the end. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, thank you. And cause of Audrey. Audra, Aud yeah, I'm not entirely sure how to say her name either, but, um, Audrey, Audra, on. I don't know. Audra is what I called her throughout the book. Well, but, so that's her name now. Okay. <laughs> um, it's spelled like Audrey, though. I understand. Audrey 3000. Because there's like Audra McDonald and she has an A at the end. Okay. Anyway. Um, 
But, uh, yes. So, really liked Eva. She's great. What did you think of Shane as our hero? I liked Shane. He was a, he, he was a rough one. Well, here's what I'll say. Young Shane was very tragic, very frustrating at times. You just wanted to, like, hold him and be like, honey, come on. I wanted to take him home and raise him right. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, he could have benefited from that. Um, older Shane, who more had his shit together, was very sexy. Yeah. I was here for that. <laughs> he was. Um, and just, like, his, even just on the page, like, you just get this, like, sense of swagger and, um, like, command of a room and things like that. That was very attractive. Well, what was funny is he commanded a room by not commanding the room. Like, yeah. he was very standoffish and trying to keep to himself. And I think a lot of that is just because of his, like, projected image that isn't even necessarily true to who he is. But um, he had just kind of, like, built up this reputation in the media at the, uh, you being know. Being standoffish and... Yeah, and um, being kind of an enigma. Um, and, but he gets some lines in there that are just, like, yeah. mwah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, um, and, you know, in, outside of him being very attractive and, and sexy, um, he, uh, he also has, like, a good journey, and I'm glad that, you know, he kind of starts off, I mean, like, baby who killed his foster mommy. Oh, seriously. That was so... His whole life was just such a tragedy. Yeah. It was just one tragedy after another. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking. Yeah. So that was really hard to read about and just, like, knowing that that's how he felt about it. And then, um, but, so then his journey from, like, that to then ending up, spoiler alert, like, feeling like he deserves and can handle like having a family and well even that doesn't happen too much in this book <laughs> yeah. i mean he's still not there a hundred percent but but he's, he's getting, getting there it's definitely like more of an hfn but like i believe in them yeah because um yeah but um so i i i really respected both of their journeys and I and with both of them I felt like you had a very clear understanding of like who they were who they are and like hopefully where they're going in yeah. terms of you know there's still potential for growth I would say um is this a romance novel no well I think I agree with you it's it's a book that has romance in it it's, it's and it's very it's like very romantic is what I'll say. It's very romantic. It's got a lot of romance in it. Is it a romance? No. Well, their romance, there's much more to the story than just their romance. So that's, I think, I mean, what pulls it out of the romance And category. I feel like people are going to disagree with us on that. But, I don't know. It's, for me now, like, the definition of romance is starting to become, like, the definition of pornography. Like, I'll know it if I see yeah. it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, I, I do know <laughs> pornography when I see it. The, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I feel like more and more, the more that these, that this literary fiction is trying to kind of like hone in on the romance market, the more the definition of a romance novel becomes like 
nebulous to me, but also like sacred to me. Well, and there's so much of their story that they are each taking on their own. Like, it's not something that they're doing together. They're not fixing each other together. Yeah. They're kind of fixing each other. I'm fixing themselves. Which I think is good which and is healthy. Absolutely and, good and yeah. healthy. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the um, conflict. We are. But, you know, when she said, he says, I'm not ready for it. And she says, no, you're not. And she just walked away from it. And I was like, amen, sister. I mean, he needs to fix some things. Yeah. I mean, or at least be aware of them. And they're not apart for too long. Spoiler alert. But um, I don't know. I, I liked seeing them each growing on their own, not just as a couple. Yeah. I, would I, mean, I mean, I like that. That's I'm not saying that I didn't like the book because it's not a romance. I'm saying I, lo- I love the book, but I don't think it's a romance. I think there's more, much more to it than just the romance. Yeah. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on, on this question. Me personally? Of, no, I don't care about you. <laughs> um, I'm talking <laughs> to you, the listener, um, on do you think this is a romance? Do you know, what do you think about kind of the state of the romance genre these days and the definition of a romance novel, I guess? Because I do feel like it's it's getting, like, murkier. And um, I do think it's because of this kind of trend. Um, you know, I think publishers realize that it's a very lucrative market. And I think um, now that you see even, like, so many of these books getting... Um, picked up for movie rights and things like that. It's, it's a, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. And I'm of course always happy to see like more romance in general. Um, but I am, uh, I think a lot of these books are like this kind of skirt the fringes of romance in order to be part of that, to capitalize on, on that, on us romance readers who just buy books hand over fist. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and just buy books when they have, like, a man and a woman <laughs> mentioned in the book back cover description. It's just like, well, obviously, they're going to follow I got I to gotta get on this train. Um, yeah. Um, here's what I will say also in terms of the romance novel uh, discussion. I would read the hell out of Cursed. The whole, like, <laughs> yeah. um, orgasm. After they, like, orgasm, they, like, are Art. divided on the sides of the world. I was so into that plot. I'm like, this has got, like... Someone needs to write this series. A fan yeah, fiction. This has got, like, Faded Maids type vibes to it that I am just, like, here for. Um, so somebody should write that. And I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but one of my favorite lines was when she's like, you wrote this character about me. He says, I didn't write it about you. I didn't write my books about you. I wrote them wrote to, them to you. you. Yeah, that's... I was like, oh, oh, oh. It's another one of his, like, mm. Um, okay, without getting into the conflict too much, what did you think of Eva and Shane's overall romantic journey, since we've now talked about whether or not this is a romance novel? Well, it's... The one thing that's kind of suspended disbelief for me is... Or suspended belief. Suspended belief. Anyway... Um, the fact that they, they met in high school and just had seven days, I'm, I'm thinking seven days is the magic number here, of just drug and alcohol induced stupors. Yeah. I'm not sure that that 
would create the connection the connection that they had yeah um yeah i could have dealt with some more sober um love in those days um that part was difficult to read i think that was like especially <laughs> now that i'm an educator yeah it's um I don't know. It's just like, you guys are babies. I know. They're Stop just like a little... Them. Well, I get that they, I think, purposely were over 18, both of them, but... Um, no, they're 17 oh. when that's all happening. Oh, that's right. They're close to 18. Yeah. I think he is 18 because he gets tried as an adult, but she is... No, he said he was close to 17, so he was... I mean, close to 18, so he was tried as an adult. Okay. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, they're just babies, and they're just having yeah. this... I mean, it was killing me what they were doing to their bodies. Yeah. And, um... Anyway, which I get, I mean, I think it's all part of their journey and I'm not, I'm not here to judge, even though it probably sounds like I am, but, um, just especially because of their upbringing and, you know, her pain and all those things, they're just looking for releases and, you know, numbing agents. Um, but it, it was hard to read. And, you know, even when, um, Eva's like recalling, you know, she's like, from what I remember, from what I remember, yeah. <laughs> from what I remember. And it's like, well, and he just, he was drinking like crazy. I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was hard yeah. to, to read these two babies doing this to themselves. Yeah. I mean, um, not like I, it's not like I don't know what happens. I do know what happens and I, and I, you know, can't condone that kind of behavior, but it's hard to read in my, yeah. in my books. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I would say that that was kind of, like, the most triggering thing for me. But, um, but um, in terms of their overall journey, I thought it was really beautiful. And, and they just really felt like soulmates, which I don't even necessarily believe in. But just, you know, they kept... I thought she did a really good job of showing the connection that they had and just that they instantly like found solace in each other yeah. and I think at a time when they both really needed to find some solace in something or somebody um that was healthier than the well, things that they were finding solace in did a good job of explaining that they were both kind of broken misfits and yeah. and that's why they found solace in each other yeah and um and then she does a really good job of showing that they still have that like uh, in all honesty, I believed it. Mm, eh, I was gonna say I believed it more when they were older, but I don't even necessarily know if that's true. Um, but I think the thing that helped them when they were older, and I think the thing that drew me in when they were older, is because they shared so much of themselves when they were younger. So all these dark secrets and and broken things that they yeah. had going on in their lives. The only people who knew that were each other because of... Well, and and I think what I appreciated more, obviously, about when they were older is, yeah, like, they, they both had kept that part of themselves so hidden from everybody else around them. I mean, even her daughter, you know, like, doesn't oh. understand. I did have a problem. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but, like, nobody knows, like, anything about her past except for... This guy and like sort of her mother. Well, which, even Cece, she didn't tell anything to Cece. Her yeah. mom didn't even know all the stuff that she'd gone through or was going through. And um, 
because her mom was oblivious. It wasn't, and was a terrible mother. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no one, all these people who were her best friends and super close to her in life, she hadn't told anybody anything about what, what she was dealing with and what she was going yeah. through and what she'd gone through as a child. Yeah. Um, so they have that, like, shared understanding of each other, and now they're coming at it, coming back to each other with that shared history, that understanding of, like, who each other are, like, on a deeper level, and then now being healthier, mature, and then being able to connect on, like, an actual personality level as opposed to just, like, oh, we both have, like, shitty upbringings in different ways, (laughs) you know? Um, so I liked that and that, especially like that, that whole day when they're walking around, first of all, it's, it makes you like very romantic for New York and, and gelato. Yeah. And gelato. (laughs) I'm always romantic about gelato though. Um, but that whole day when they're just kind of like walking around Brooklyn together and, um, just hanging out and like reconnecting, I thought that was like really well done, really necessary because it kind of really shows you that they do still have this kind of like instant connection. And, um, so I thought that was really well done. Um, okay. This book has a lot to say about relationships between mothers and daughters, something that we can (laughs) talk about. Um, what did you see as the main message there? And what did you think of the various relationships? Well, I hope you realize how amazing I am. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even though I have all those boyfriends. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of, here's, here's what I will say. Um, I kind of walk away from it, taking away that her, she learns that she needs to understand where she comes from and, um, and, not like kind of embrace it more than try and embrace it and then work with it and still improve it and and do better yeah but not like run away from it as much as she had been doing um so that's what i took away i don't know if that's even right or intended but i would she goes down to louisiana and starts researching it and she the thing she seems to find out is here she thought her her grandma and her great-grandma were just these crazy women who did crazy things because they were witches or possessed or whatever. And as she gets to know the stories, really, they weren't. They were kind of like her. Oppressed. Just, and... Yeah. They, they were kind of like she was, just kind of muddling through the best they can. And in the time periods that they were living, trying to deal with, you know, racism and... Sexism. Sexism and just the way you know, people were being treated and especially in the South. And, um, you know, she realized that they were doing just like her, just trying to muddle through and do the best they could, except her mother was kind of not trying very hard. Um, so if that's what we're taking away, I would have liked a moment where she sits down with her daughter and tells her the truth but tells it to her in a healthy, like, this is what 
your grandma was really like. This is where I come from. This is my upbringing. This is who I was as a teenager. I was thinking that at some point her daughter would find out and then be mad about the fact that her mom had lied to her. I kept waiting for that too. And I think that it really would have helped to kind of drive home that message and to... Because I want her to have a healthier relationship with her past and to have a clearer conscience with her daughter in terms of having lied to her about. Well, even when they were waiting for him at brunch and when he doesn't show up, she makes up that lie about him waiting for furniture to be delivered. And it's like, why? That doesn't even seem necessary to me. Just say, oh, he's, you know, he's not here. I'm not sure what's happened. Maybe something. I mean... She's she's selling her daughter short a little bit. Yeah. And I get that, like, because, you know, she talks a lot about she she wasn't protected from what was going on with her mother, um, but she might have been more protected than she might think. But anyway, um, and so she really just wants to raise her daughter differently than she was raised. And I get that. But I think that she needs to do her daughter the service of, like, I don't know, especially now that she's older and can understand a little bit more about... Well, it's not just protecting her daughter. I mean, that's her thing because her mom never protected her. She felt like her mom was never there protecting her. And so she really wanted to be to protect her daughter from, you know, these things in the world. But... In so doing, she's not being honest with her daughter on a lot of levels. And mm-hmm. I think the honesty thing is... Going to come back to bite her in the ass. Yeah. Be- especially if she's writing this book that, like, yeah. is going to tell the story of her her ancestors. And so in my mind, she sits down with her daughter and has a long discussion about how she's kind of... I just would have liked to have seen that. I, I would have like, liked on to have seen page, it too. Just because I think that I felt... Like, that was a big thing that was holding her back and that, um, and holding their relationship as mother and daughter back. And, um, and so I really wanted to see her just kind of sit her daughter down and say, um, I'm going to tell you some things that are really hard for me to talk about, but I want you to understand me better. I want you to understand where you come from better. I want, and I want us to have, like... A healthy approach and understanding to to that. Well, especially with as as insightful as her twelve year old daughter seemed to be, it yeah. seems like she could take it. I mean, yeah. it's not like she was super sensitive about stuff like that. Well, and then, yeah, and and therefore under, understand because you know they have this line that I did actually really like, where they where her and her daughter get into the fight at the school, and she's like, "I'm the reason you get to be a butterfly, you ungrateful tween." <laughs> But, um, so if she wants her daughter to understand, like, the sacrifice, to better understand the sacrifices that she's made for her, like, sit her down and be like, you know, I am trying to make your life better than mine was because this was my life. This was where, this was what happened to me. This is what I went through. And so you need to understand that, like, to me, it's so important to make sure that you have it better than I do. And um, I don't know. So I I would have really liked that moment. I kept thinking it was going to happen. Like I, I was just so like too. for sure that it was going to happen. And I thought, you know, her daughter was going to find out in some 
kind of like some way and just get pissed off. But, um, which I, you know, I'm not mad that that didn't happen, but, um, yeah, I think I would have liked more resolution to kind of that component of the book. And hopefully with her giving her daughter the ring, that's like our glimpse of that's going to happen. That's going to happen, but it just didn't work with her being in California. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, oh, here's the other thing that I'll say about the mother-daughter relationship. I don't, I'm not mad at Lizette for showing up to that house and being horrified at what's happening. I'm mad at her reasoning for, like, basically she's jealous of her daughter for, like, having a guy that cares about her. (laughs) I mean, that's super shitty. Um, (laughs) And a little sick. And I'm mad that she presses charges on this boy without really understanding, like, taking the time to understand what has, what she's walking into and what had happened. Um, uh, but I'm not mad at Lizette for showing up there and being like, what is going on here? And, like, I'm not even mad at her calling the cops. Right. Um, but I am mad at pressing charges and it coming from a place of jealousy is what I will say. I agree, honey. You're right. Okay. I would, well, if I found you in that situation, I probably would call paramedics and the police. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure how I would handle it, but I don't know. You're too level-headed for that. You're an Audra. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. There is a lot being put on the page in regards to race in terms of um, things like whitewashing are addressed, telling black stories, profiling, and just um, black people generally starting off at a disadvantage. Um, So what did you think about how all of this was presented? Obviously, we're not going to be able to solve racism. What? It's not solved? This discussion. Um, But how did it add, and then how did this add to your understanding of Shane? Well, I always like reading other, like, perspectives. Perspectives. Um, (laughs) I will say that I had a hard time with some of the language and some of the... I told Ellen, I said, I think I'm too white and too old for some of this (laughs) lingo. (laughs) I did okay. Um, I I liked, though, there's a... Like a Q and A with um, Tia Williams at the end, and she's she kind of mentioned something about um, how like in her in her earlier works she felt like she needed to if she included any vernacular or references or whatever that you know white people might not get that she felt the need to then explain it out and do all that. She's like, but now I'm just like I'll put it in. And if you don't get it, I encourage you to Google it. And that's fine. And and I'm glad she didn't because I would have gotten bogged down in yeah. her trying to explain it all. Um, and, it, and, and anytime, like, because I've seen that done in books before and it's always clunky. Like, there's yeah. hard, it's hard. And to, I would rather just either Google it or just figure it out from context. Yeah. Which is, you know, usually what I did. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of times I was like, um, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> But I, I, I like reading another perspective. I like, uh, you know, seeing things from someone else's eyes. Especially 
especially these stories that are um, own voice written stories where, um, you know, and there's a lot of discussion about whether white people should be writing other races or vice versa, you know, like who should be telling whose stories. Um, so these own voice stories, I, you know, we all recognize are especially important because, um, I'm, I'm never going to understand that. And I'm, I still don't, it's not like I completely understand it after reading this book, but, um, to take the time to read a book and try to live in their shoes for, the length of this book and um I mean and we've we've talked about this but it's always going to make you an, a more empathetic person and to um to kind of understand the plight better well it's kind of like their discussion at the panel where she you know someone called him out for writing about a woman mm-hmm. from a woman's perspective when he's not a woman and he calls her out and says well your characters are men and you're not a man and and, and I get writing men and women is different than writing race, but, um, you know, hopefully someday we'll get to where, you know, we have all have shared experiences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought, obviously I thought it was very well handled because I would have no room to say that it, it wasn't because <laughs> who am I to judge? Um, but uh, I thought that, again, it she handles very heavy topics and she and she also gets oper- good opportunities especially through those moments at the panels and um just these discussions that characters have in the book where she gets to kind of explore and voice a couple of different opinions on things without making it feel preachy or like she's got an agenda yeah um and even <laughs> um I don't know. I, I, I kind of enjoyed how she some she celebrates like progress and quote unquote wokeism, but then sometimes also not as much like the racially motivated stuff, but some of the like Brooklynite stuff. She yeah. kind of also lampoons a bit, which was kind of fun as well. Um, but um, just because we can all, I hopefully we can all recognize that sometimes that gets a little ridiculous. Um, uh, but I thought that it was, again, she handles it really well without ever making it super heavy and intense and it was still easy and palatable and, yeah. um, so, um, while well, still giving us a glimpse into another. And I was glad that she got to get cursed made with black Oh actors. my gosh. That would have been tragic. Because um, book readers would have been pissed. Yeah. Yeah, we know how people get <laughs> when yeah. our books are different than we think. Um, anyway. Um, so, well done. I have no room to criticize anything she does in regards to race. I, I enjoyed it and thought it was all very well handled. Um, now, what did you make of the conflict? Um which I'm basically going to say is brunch onwards. Okay. Brunch onwards. I had a couple of phone issues. Oh my gosh. Okay. I had a ma- this is okay. Major phone issue. Um, I'm sorry. I understand like he needed to go be with Ty. 
obviously. Spoiler alert, you guys. Um, Ty is the boy that was a student of his. That he was mentoring. Who he was kind of taking under his wing. And as soon as Ty was introduced, Mom and I both understood that something bad was going to happen to Ty. You just had to see that coming a mile away. Um, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. It was pretty tragic. Yeah. Um, but so yes, please ditch brunch to go be with Ty. Um, and I know you have a, a, an additional phone issue. My main phone issue is, especially if you are flying to a place, there is a lot of downtime, a lot of moments of downtime, <laughs> enough downtime to make a freaking 10 second call or text where you just say, Hey, emergency came up, not going to make it. See you at the awards. Sorry. Yeah. Boom. Like that is all you need to yeah. say. Or I'll call you when I get a chance. He or... was driving. He was waiting at airports. He was flying. He was then driving again. You know, don't text and drive, but you can use Siri. And he whatever. literally said when he was on the flight, he thought, oh, shoot. Okay. Well, when you get off a flight, you know, waiting for a car or, or anything, you've got you know, 30 second periods and where you I can think text we're someone supposed or to like call someone. I think we're supposed to believe that, you know, he's also now dealing with guilt that like anybody who gets close to him is in danger of, you know, him destroying their life. Yeah. And so he's also like not wanting, but it's like, come on. Like that was my biggest like <sighs> communication problem of the book. Um, but, um, I was really sad for poor baby Ty. And I know you had another communication problem. I did have a communication problem. Well, he went to the party the night before and he was there and he, and Cece pulled Eva away for a bit. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do at this party. I'm, I'm all alone. And his phone had been blown up. Ty had been trying to call him and tried to call him and tried to call him. And he wasn't picking up because he had this other stuff going on. And he just talked to him a day or so ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then when he's at the party... He's on the, like, porch balcony. And he doesn't want to talk to anyone, so he's pretending like he's on his phone. And I was like, why didn't he just call Ty at that moment? Yeah. When he was pretending and actually to be, be on the phone. <laughs> be on his phone. And actually be on the phone. I don't think that that's, you know, such a big deal. But it was funny to me that he couldn't take the time to call Ty because he was so into this party, yet he was pretending like he was on his phone at the party to avoid talking to people. And it's like... Just call Ty and give him a five minute, five minutes of your time. Poor baby Ty. Poor baby Ty. As and then poor baby Shane because he felt guilty about yeah not. And here I am I judging really, him. But I was really glad that he found a way, like a healthier way to give back because I think having these like, I mean I don't know, but like these very codependent where these kids, be, these kids that are like really, like hurting for someone to give a shit. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, especially from him who has a lot of issues with that himself. Um, I don't, I don't know that like that codependency was like the healthiest approach, which I think is like what he comes to realize. Yeah. Um, but that he can't get like so involved, but there's still ways to like give back and like still self care. And I, and that's a thing, you know, that I I know gets brought up in education a lot too is like 
you need to self-care because right. a lot of these things that you're dealing with are um, tragic and you can't, like, fix every child that comes you can't. under your jurisdiction. Um, hard though it may be. Well, there were so many because, you know, I, I worked in a very difficult area and there were so many kids I just wanted to take home and, yeah. and there were kids that I literally knew were in homes like Eva was, you know, with Mm her mom and all the boyfriends. I mean, some of these kids would talk to me and I was just like, oh my gosh. But, and the sad thing is is these moms who had to have a boyfriend all the time, like they would go from one really bad relationship to another really bad relationship and drag these kids from home to home to home. And those are the the girls. You see that same behavior starting, you know, in 10-year-old girls where it's mm-hmm. like, I have to have a man to take care of me. You know, I, I can't. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to watch that kind of behavior you know, manifest itself and yeah, over generations. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, communication problems aside with the conflict, um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm glad that they kind of take the moment to the time to kind of like separate, step Step back back. and, um, figure some stuff out on their own. Um, I was kind of sad that they then had to, like, waste all of Datafornia to, like, all yeah. that boning time that... Yeah, that would have been some good boning time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was cute how they, like, how basically Cece and Audra, Audra, um, parent trapped them. Yeah. <laughs> um... That was cute. Also, I apologize for my dog pawing at the door in the background. We had him in. He pawed to get out. We had him out. Now he's, he's pawing to get in. very needy. Um, but, the, I mean, Mom was like, the epilogue was basically like three whole chapters. Yeah, it was true. a crazy epilogue. Um, but, you know, I think we, we talked about this recently because there was another book we just did where there was like a bit of a time jump before they got together but and I, and I think we said the same thing with that one is it's like it's good to have this um I don't know time to like figure each other like figure themselves yeah. out before they get together so I I liked that I thought that was the healthier approach um okay let's talk about sex baby this one wasn't too bad it gets like I mean they they hit it. They get after it. And um, the scene in the dream house, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but. Um, dream house, what a ridiculous thing. <laughs> that is like a thing that I'm I know sure it is. There's have... no doubt in my mind that it is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, my thing, though, is that, like, our family, I think we've talked about this before, but we can sleep anywhere. So it's like, if I want to nap during work, I just go in my car or, but I guess they have less of that in, you know, New York. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can find a place to nap. I don't need, I have literally laid down on the floor in my classroom during lunchtime and just, you know, relaxed for 20 minutes. Um, but uh yeah the sex i mean and uh when they're younger and like branding each other i was like you you guys are intense man (laughs) 
Um, well, that's that's my that's my only thing is like these seven days that you guys were together, where you were drunk and high the entire time and branding each other and doing like crazy teenage things. I'm not sure that's the best and healthiest way to begin a relationship. Um, yeah, uh, but. There, there's some good sex scenes, and they, like, get after it. They're, like, pretty intense sex scenes, but they weren't ever, you know, it's not like there's a lot being... There wasn't a lot of detail. Yeah. Um, description. Yeah. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Well, I have two. One little one and one bigger one. I really loved the whole day they had in Brooklyn, like you talked about. Yeah. That date day, I guess you'd call it. Where she was only going to spend an hour with him, and then it turns into a whole day thing. And yeah. they end up having sex, so yeah. booyah. Yeah. But I really loved when she came to him, and she's like, and she was really nervous, and she's like, I have to ask you a favor. And he's like, yes, whatever. You, you know, he's just like, she's like, I need a teacher for my, yeah, I'll do it. So he yeah. was just like on the spot with, yes, yes, whatever you need, I'm here yeah. for you. So I love that in a man. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was my swooniest moment. I highlighted it. It's a quote that he says to her. And literally when I read it, I was like, Girl, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, putty. <laughs> um, he says, you burst into my solitude, demanding to be seen. He's, like, referring to, like, when they were kids. You were overwhelming, just wild and weird and brilliant, and I never had a choice. I liked everything about you, even the scary parts. I wanted to drown in your effing bathwater. And I was just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he is just a very intense um man and there's a lot of things that he says where i'm just like damn um well it's because so. he's a writer i know um in fact sometimes some of the things they said to each other i'm like nobody talks like this <laughs> who are these people <laughs> they're writers <laughs> um okay so those are some of our thoughts let's well i'm think there's some things that get brought up in your guys's thoughts that i'm sure we'll also talk some more about um, Sarah says, I really liked this book. I liked that Eva and Shane were communicating with each other via their books. This book deals with some heavy issues like chronic illness, addiction, and poverty without being too heavy. Agree. I can see where grappling with all the issues touched on in this book might be off-putting if you're looking for a more traditional romance narrative arc. I think this would be a good romance recommendation for a friend who is a lit, thick snob. Yes, I recommended it. To my sister-in-law. Oh, did you? Last night. I was like, I was just hey, thinking. you would probably like this book. Because <laughs> um, lately, sister-in-law, Kristen, who's been on the show, um, she started reading some Colleen Hoover with um, some of her friends. And so I was like, hey, you might like this one that we just read. Um, Elizabeth says, my favorite book of last year. This one reaches down into your soul and stays a while. Um that's true. I would agree. Maida says, there was so much to like about this one. The realness of the challenges they both went through, the depictions of her chronic health issues, the societal commentary, and just rooting for them to have a happy ending. Yeah. That's the main thing is I was just like, I want you guys to be happy. Both of you deserve good things. Yes. Yeah. Especially like with the journey that they had been on. like, yeah. And that they had both like been able to get to such a healthy, like respectable place. I was just like, okay, you guys have seen some shit, been through some shit, shit. Now I just want you guys to, like, have some peace and contentment and joy in each other, especially because, like, you guys seem to 
only find that in each other. Yeah. So seriously. Um, Victoria says, I loved this book. I kept meaning to add, to read it from previous free for, free for all recommendations. And I'm glad it was in this list. So I finally did the story, the characters, the structure of the book. They were all beautifully written. I'm not sure whether I'd consider it strictly a romance, probably not a traditional one, and definitely quite the change from Amy Dawes. Yeah. And I understand <laughs> that the heavy topics might not be for everyone, but I personally enjoy reading this level of depth. At about three-fourths of, uh, of the book, basically, after they spent the night together and Shane hasn't answered Ty's calls, I had to brace myself from what was coming, but I ended up really liking the choice of not having them be together straight away. Eva had a chance to explore her story alone while Shane put himself together on his own. My mind kept drawing parallels with The Roughest Draft, Two Writers, Second Chances, and I kept thinking that this book excelled where that one failed by trying too hard. Agree. The writing was simple and direct, sometimes a bit of a hard punch without trying to be lyrical. It described chronic pain, racism, poverty, and their personal stories with a real and honest language and still delivered a great love story. I'll check out more of her books. Um, I agree with all of that. And I didn't draw that connection to the roughest draft, but I definitely would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean. Both writers. Yeah. And you know that we weren't the biggest fans of that one. Okay. <laughs> um, Ashley says, I really liked this one. This definitely is not a light and fluffy read, but it was very engaging. I can't remember if there are content warnings in this book, but it would definitely benefit from them. Um, I don't really have any triggers, but some of the scenes when they were younger were very hard to read. I will say that I think this is a good book to introduce someone to the genre as long as they don't mind the heavier topics. I remember thinking after I read it that this is the type of book a lot of people probably enjoyed, not even realizing they just read a romance. Well, there are some people who don't like romance because it's light and fluffy. Yeah. We are not those people. We are not those people. <laughs> um, um, I, listen, you guys, I mean, like, I, I, to say I enjoyed this book seems wrong, but um, I enjoy reading the heavier books. Um, I just also, like, my, my happy place is reading the fluffy ones. Um, is is what I will say. Well, especially, like, there's certain times, like, even during COVID, where this one would be a really hard one to read. Yeah, man, if we had read this one during COVID, because I remember, like, everybody was just, like, not about that life yeah. <laughs> during COVID. Um, Bring on the light and fluffy. Yeah. Um, so, again, time and place with this one, I think, for sure. Um, Cassie says, and this is a good... Um, Cassie's comment is a good indicator of that. She says, I originally DNF'd this book around the 20% mark back in December because I'm very much a mood reader and I wasn't enjoying the toxicity of the teenage relationship between the characters. But upon reread, I think this is a solid four-star read for me. It was still very toxic. Even their adult relationship was pretty toxic. Everyone needed therapy. <laughs> and it took a long time for our characters to get together slash stay together and find some joy. But I enjoyed the writing and the overall story this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fernanda says, I read this book back, uh, this book last November. And although I can't remember many details about it, I remember it being one of my favorite books of 2021. Even rated it with five stars. It was last June's selection of Reese's Book Club. And if I'm not mistaken, the book's rights were already sold to a studio and they are adapting the novel 
into a movie. From what I can see, it's TV, but correct on all fronts. Um, Anita says, this is the second book I've read by Tia Williams. I really liked it when I read it in March. I gave it four stars. The writing is excellent, but I wasn't ready for all the heavy topics addressed, so I understand why it may not be everyone's cup of tea. It's a second chance romance between two very broken people, and I think the author does a good job showing the struggles they face individually and in their growing relationship. I plan to read more of her books. The Perfect Find was a five star read for me. And that's the one that's being made yeah, into a movie for Netflix. Um, I will say there were a couple things. This just popped in my mind, and it, so it's kind of off topic. Of, I mean, it's still about the book. But um, some of the things I was worried about that she didn't do, and I'm glad. First of all, I thought Audra, Audre, Audru, however you say her name, her yeah. daughter. I thought her daughter was going to put up more of a fight and I liked that she ended up being in Shane's corner and supporting Shane, even when he kind of ghosted them for a hot minute. Yeah. And um, I liked that she's just like, Mom, give him a chance. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, so I liked that instead of her being ornery and bullheaded about it. Mm-hmm. And I also liked her relationship she had with her ex-husband. I thought I liked that scene where she was asking her ex-husband, am I hard to be with? And um, I thought that was a good in- inclusion because I, th- I think it helped to realize, first of all, he's not like a dick ex- ex-husband. He mm-hmm. was a good guy. And um, and he even said, he said, you were amazing. I just wasn't ready for you. Yeah. And um, and I, I like that inclusion. So there were some things that could have been off-putting that weren't. She yeah. handled them really, really well. Well, and I think, you know, she probably recognized, like, I got a lot of shit going on in this book. <laughs> Um, I don't want to throw more stuff. I don't in this need book. to do more to make it dramatic and, um, you know, but still recognizing that having those, and I think, I think both of those are good to show that she is capable of having like healthy relationships with people in her life, and so you know that she is at least ready for that. Whether or not he was at that moment, you know, he needed to still take some steps but um yes georgina says i read this a while back and remember thinking this was the perfect romance to recommend to your snobby literary fiction friend overall this was a five star read but far from my favorite romance novel things i really liked the cover the cover is beautiful um the premise the writing i first bought the audiobook and ended up getting the ebook as well because there were so many passages i wanted to highlight and save Not only did I love the prose, but was surprised by the range the author delivered in a single book. From lighthearted, playful jokes to gut-wrenching internal monologues to sarcastic dialogue with heavy social commentary. Um, In addition, the complex and well-rounded main characters. I loved the message that who you are at one stage of your life is not all you'll ever be. And that we can reinvent and improve ourselves as many times as we want along the way. Yeah. Um, the conversations about motherhood, generational trauma, mental health, race and literary world, um, migraine representation. <laughs> yeah. Things I didn't like. I have a personal pet peeve with romance novels that leave me feeling sad after the third act, even if the couple gets together by the end. Did it make sense for the characters to work out their personal issues before getting together in the epilogue? Yes. Do I have to like it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, And then I could have done with less interventions from the secondary characters. I liked her daughter and friends, but found myself skimming through their scenes in order to get more 
from the main storyline. Yeah, what did you think of those kind of like um, tangents, I guess, into the other POVs? Oh, I didn't mind them. I liked, because it gave us more, like her mother, for instance, when we got her POV and her yeah. talking about, and it kind of gave us some insight into what she'd been doing since. Yeah. Because I was wondering, I was curious as to how she was living now and how supporting herself and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I didn't mind them well, too much. Well, and I think like Ty's POV when we get that is important to understanding, you know, where, where that's going to go. And even her daughter's. POV yeah. and and even like the, that kind of uh, the I thought the oddest one was oh the girl at the dream house yeah, no well no the girl the girl who lived in the house where they stayed when they were teenagers and oh, she yeah. comes in and like but I think even that gives you kind of an understanding of how people perceived. Shane at that time that even he that he wasn't going to give you um so I think in their own way they're all kind of important um whether you think they need to be as long as they were whatever is your own choice but um I did think they were interesting and kind of still gave you a like kind of more full well-rounded perspective of because they they all lended to who even Shane were right um, which I think is important that they're, they're not just like throwaway. Well, and so much, and because they were both so broken, especially when they were teenagers, and you, when you get their perspective, it's interesting to get an outside person's perspective too. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, what what we're seeing inside of them and what other people are seeing outside of them are different. Yeah. Tiernan says, I did a temporary DNF. The beginning part of the book was too intense for me at the time, but I did enjoy the writing. I plan to pick it up again. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say about this book. Don't force yourself to read it. Because yeah. if, like, if you're not feeling it, you're not going to feel it. Because it it gets intense at times. Um, but if you can get through the intensity, it's, it's a good read. Yeah. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, Lauren says, I read this when it first came out and loved it so much. I ordered the paperback to reread. I loved it. So many amazing perspectives, um, uh, so many amazing aspects. Loved their deep connection and loved that they write e about each other. I agree with what Victoria said on a comparison to the roughest draft. They have been there have been a slew of books featuring authors protagonists lately, and I think that Seven Days in June is one of the most well done. I loved her daughter and her therapy business too. Of note. Her other adult book, The Perfect Find, is one of my favorites. Uh, Tia Williams is now an auto-read for me. Her daughter doing that at school makes me think of Lucy on Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> her little five cents. But now, like, <laughs> but, like, the modern version of that, doing it on Snapchat. Um, do you think she should have been expelled for, or suspended for outing that? No. I think the teacher should be fired, which he was. Yeah. And, well, it was just her. It wasn't even really her. It was the other kid that yeah. said it. She didn't even say anything. But it was on Snapchat, and she didn't know what was going to be said. Yeah, I wasn't sure that that was grounds for suspension. I mean, I think, absolutely I think wasn't. that they needed, she needed something that was going to, like, perpetuate the need for him to be a teacher at the school. Um and also not make her daughter actually be, like, 
a bad kid. <laughs> well, she was, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, but I was like, well, on what grounds? Like, I don't know. I was, yeah, I, anyway. I mean, social media guess, is such a hot mess for teens right now and, and educators as well. But, you know, just because trying to rein these kids in and, and not have it affect school. Yeah. But Jen says, I am the person who suggested this book. I remember that, Jen. Jen had, this was like on a free-for-all a while ago, too. I'm sorry to anyone who was traumatized by it. I usually like only low-ink stories, but this book was so beautifully done. It is a story that will always stay with me. The scene where Eva and Shane meet for the first time in 15 years at the literary event is one of my top five favorite scenes in a romance. Shane making it quite clear that he has read everything by Eva and even tried to buy the merch. <laughs> we find out that not only um, are Eva and Shane writing about each other, but it was their way of communicating. I also loved the fact that the book dealt with heavy issues, but was able to inject such humor and satire. Every scene with Andre or Cece was pure gold. So fun and filled with fun pop culture references. This book will always have a special place in my heart. I will say that that whole speech that he gives about um, about her book and, like, its validity, like, made my romance reader heart happy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, he gets it. He gets it. Um, so I liked it. And I loved because <laughs> they had carved the initials in their arms, and so the characters in her books had to have an S and a G <laughs> yeah. name so that the, the, her, their, you know, tortured skin match. I also, um, you know, we keep talking about like how about them writing to each other, but I like when she kind of tells him, um, you know, he's like, well, you, you were writing about me. She was like, yeah, but that wasn't ever supposed to see the light of day. She was like, yeah, I'm petty. And I made you cursed to, you know, <laughs> be a soulless, you know, whatever. And, um, I just, I liked when she kind of goes off on him about that. Well, and interesting enough, like once they have sex, he's vanished to another part of the world. Yeah. Which is kind of how she felt that, you know, once yeah. she had sex with this guy, he just took off. Yeah. Ruthie says, I have so much love for this book. It's my second time reading it as I read it after Jen talked about it on the free-for-all and again this week. So many highlights. One of my Sunni's moments is when they get off the stage at the literary event and she says, stop writing about me. He says, you first. <laughs> uh, my stomach dropped the first time I read that. I loved that they both used each other as inspiration for their recurring characters and just got the steam when they meet again. The mother-daughter relationship between Eva and Andre, her tween, is an eye roll shaped like a human. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good line. <laughs> And as a mom of a tween, I loved their stability with each other through this drama. I mean, besides the fantastical plot of two people becoming best-selling authors before they are 20, the, the characters and dialogue and relationships felt so authentic to me. It was gritty and sexy and angsty and imperfect, but you never doubted their passion. My second time reading, I already knew why he had left her years before. So there wasn't a mystery pulling me through, but the book is so well-paced, I loved it again. Cringed when he stood them up for brunch, but liked that she forgave him quickly when she saw his face and was like, what happened to you? I liked that too. I did too. Um, their ability to read each other was so well written, and I like the way the author used little things like this to show their connection. I wasn't sure how I felt about using the epilogue to get them together instead of at the end. Clearly, Eva needed to explore her past, and Cece and Andre needed to have a hand in the reunion, I guess. Again, that's one of the things that allowed them to get in the right place to be together. Shay needed to believe he could. Sigh. Love them so much. Yeah, Agreed. Good. Um, 
Gail says, I'm going to call this one a really like. I thought the author did a good job of having two very flawed characters and showing their development and growth both individually and together, though much less together. The first half was hard to get through because of the darkness of the story, but the second half was faster. I wasn't sure what to make of Eva's desire to get away from writing romance. It felt a little bit like romance was a little bit second class, like Eva has fallen into it but had the potential for more. I get being done with a long series like she had been writing, but I'm not sure the author did a great job being fair to romance while having Eva reach for a new story to tell. I'm curious what others thought of this. And I wanted to include this, which was Jen's response to that, where she says, I don't think she was rejecting romance. The time it was set in was the run up to the 2016 election. And she says that her friends are organizing protest rallies and writing essays about race in America. I think she wanted to help in a more direct way. In real life, listened to an interview with Tia Williams. The interviewer was a total literary snob and kept telling everyone that this was only the second romance she's read. The interviewer was trying to get Tia to say that her brand of romance was more thoughtful and empowering, but Tia didn't take the bait and schooled this woman about modern romance. So, um, I thought a little bit that, but, uh, you know, what Gail was thinking where, you know, she was trying to get away from romance. Um, but I, th I, I thought that Tia Williams' true opinions about romance were expressed when um, he kind of stands up for her books and has that whole right um, speech about. So I think that had put a good, a good uh, taste in my mouth. I don't know, what, <laughs> but had you know put what, me on the ups uptick. What did she say? Yeah, yeah. I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so. That's kind of where I, like, I felt like she had done romance a service by including that I section. could see, though, as an author, where if this is the, this series of books is literally the only thing she's ever written. Yeah. And she's been writing them since she was 19. Yeah. And it's like this albatross around her neck. Yeah. And I could see point. where you would be like, oh, I'm done with this. I want to move on. I'm adult now. I want to move on to adult things. Yeah. Not that romance isn't adult, but, you know. Yeah. Just do something different. Yeah. Um, okay. Any final thoughts on this book, Mom? No, I, like I said, I, I loved it. I, I don't know that it's squarely a romance, but I still enjoyed reading it and I enjoyed the romance in it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a great story. Yeah. Um, like a lot of you said, it's just a beautiful book that really will, like, stay with me and, um, and... I thought, like I said, very deftly handled, you know, it's yes, very heavy and deals with heavy stuff, but it was still like a really light, enjoyable read despite having some of that stuff, yeah. which really surprised me. Well, the pacing was so good. That's, yeah. Because usually if it's not paced well, that we get bogged really, down in that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us, email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Next week, we'll be taking a break. Uh, we hope that our fellow U.S. residents have a good long weekend. Um, 
we will be back on July 11th, where we will be chatting about Wild Rain by Beverly Jenkins. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.